Coming up on the Keto Camp Podcast, we talk about why metabolic flexibility is the key to health and longevity. Let's do this. We have access to ancient healing strategies such as ketosis, fasting, and carnivore. And on the Keto Camp Podcast, we are determined to deliver the science to you. We bring in the thought leaders in this space to have extraordinary conversations so you could apply it and change your life. Your body was built to thrive. Your body is capable of healing as long as you identify the interference and remove it. I believe you are a masterpiece because you are a piece of the master. My name is Ben Azadi. I'm the best-selling author of Keto Flex, and I wanna thank you for spending part of your day with me. Hey, Keto Camper, Ben Azadi here, the host of the Keto Camp Podcast. I hope you're having a phenomenal day today. Thank you for pressing play. I'm excited for today's episode. It's a special recording from a recent lecture I did in South Beach, Miami at the beautiful Fianna Hotel. My friend Julia hosted an event called the Fianna Ultimate Wellness Workshop, and I was blessed to be one of the speakers. It was a very intimate setting, and I took a deep dive into longevity. And we know that longevity is a buzzword these days. Everybody wants to anti-age, and definitely there's some great tools to do so. There are biohacks, there are supplements, there are devices you can use, but the ultimate goal to achieve health and longevity is to be metabolically flexible. And in this lecture, I'm going to explain what exactly that means. I'm going to share why I believe disease is on the rise. We'll get into ketosis, how to do keto for men versus women, how women who have a menstrual cycle should do keto differently than women who have or are postmenopausal. I'm going to give some protocols for all of you. We'll get into fasting and how fasting is one of the best ways to reset your gut and heal digestive symptoms. And of course, we get into the importance of taking vitamin G every single day and so much more. I had a professional videographer record the entire lecture and today's episode is a result of that. I'm gonna play the entire lecture for you right now. Before I do, I wanna to get to today's Apple Podcast rating and review of the day from Chess Noob. Titled, You Are My Intellectual Keto Flex, five stars. Here's what Chess, and I see the name is Craig. Here's what Craig wrote. When you think you have absorbed enough ketogenic information to maintain a healthy lifestyle, Ben will have a guest on with new information or a different perspective to consider. Ben's passion to spread the word and continually educate all of us further in the keto lifestyle is my inspiration to listen weekly. Thank you, Ben, and all of your outstanding guests for stimulating conversation. You have contributed to changing my life and my health. Craig, that is so awesome. I am so grateful you continuously show up and listen every week. You know, these guests are phenomenal. They also challenge me. And um, when you think you know it, you unlearn and relearn. And I learned so much interviewing these extraordinary guests. So I appreciate you showing up. I love that you love the show. And I want to thank you very, very much for taking the time to leave that rating and review. Hey, if you have not left the Keto Camp podcast a rating or a review yet on whatever platform you're listening from, please do so. It really helps the show grow. And maybe I'll read your review on the next episode as well. Before I get into the lecture, I want to let you know about a brand new upcoming detox masterclass I have coming up where we're going to take a deep dive into what heavy metals do to wreck our hormones and create diabetes, create thyroid conditions, create autoimmune disease. 
We'll get into the root cause of so many of the symptoms that people are dealing with. We'll get into upstream detox, downstream detox, the importance of the liver, lymphatic system. And it's going to be one of the best, I believe, masterclasses you could attend because it's going to really help you understand the root cause, the upstream cause of why you might not be feeling well. This is a brand new free masterclass and you could sign up right now, get your ticket if you head over to toxinsmasterclass.com. That is toxins with an S, plural, masterclass.com. Go register for it, bring a pen and paper. It's 55 minutes and you're going to be blown away by the information. I share my story of what heavy metals did to destroy my health even though I thought I was doing everything perfectly. What I did to overcome it And I give you the solutions as well on that masterclass. So head to the link down below in the podcast notes or type in Toxins Masterclass in your web browser and go get registered for that free masterclass. All right, let's get right into today's episode. Okay, so I'll I'll get it started. Um, How many of you have never heard of me before? Raise your hand. Cool, cool. I love it when it's a a brand new audience. you know, I've come across what I'm going to share to you with you today, the last 14 years or so, and it was like light bulb moment after light bulb moment to really connect the pieces because I think what we're facing now is not lack of information. There's an abundance of that. It's too much information. We're kind of drowning in information but starving for like the wisdom and the truth. And the last 14 years I've been in the space and I have this book which is my latest book called Keto Flex. And I've written four best-selling books. And I'm excited for all of you today because in the next 40 minutes, I'm going to do my best to help you have those same light bulb moments that I achieved the last 14 years or so. Julia was amazing. Taz was amazing. It was a perfect build-up to what I'm going to speak about today. So I'm going to talk about metabolic flexibility being the key to longevity. We'll talk a little bit about symptoms, the innate intelligence. We'll talk about keto in a very non-dogmatic way. We'll talk about diabetes, insulin resistance, and it's going to be fun. And we're going to talk about my favorite supplement in the world that we should take every day. This is the first question we should ask. Why is disease on the rise? Toxins. Toxins is a big part, for sure. You nailed it with the heavy metals part. And uh, glyphosate makes heavy metals go deeper into your tissues, according to Stephanie Seneff from uh, MIT. But here are some nasty stats. According to the CDC and cancer.org, these are the current stats. One in three women are diagnosed with cancer in America. For men, it's one in two. And about 60% of American adults are diabetic or pre-diabetic. They're predicting by the year 2032 that one in two children will be born on the autism spectrum. That's their current projection. Harvard put out an article last year or a couple years ago. They're projecting that by the year 2030, 50% of American adults will be obese. Not just overweight, but actually obese. But here's the thing, it is not an obesity problem. It's an obesity symptom. Being overweight is not a problem. It is the symptom, it is the result of the problem. So we're gonna build on that. Taz and Julia already spoke about that too. So what is the problem? Have you ever gone to the hospital and seen what they give patients in the hospital? For example, a cancer patient. Chemotherapy in the the hospital and they come in with this food. This food you see behind me. And insure. And what? And insure too, yeah. Toxic sludge, frankenfoods. The same food that would create inflammation that might contribute to cancer, which is the reason that patient is in there. Hmm, okay. What about this? 
fast food restaurants and hospitals. Doctors take breaks to go and eat fast food. Patients take breaks from their treatment to eat fast food. Why would they even allow fast food restaurants and hospitals? Why would they allow fast foods, period? Well, it's a money-making machine. Yeah. But right. they shouldn't allow it in hospitals, but it's also a money-making machine for them, isn't it, right? You go, when you go to, well, let me talk about this, and then I'll talk about a little bit about that some more. How many of you are familiar with this? Um, Tufts University put this out. Anybody seen this on the internet? Okay, a couple of you, a few, three or four of you, yeah. So Tufts University, Dr. Mosafarian, he runs this. He's working with President Biden right now to implement what you see here with the FDA in the supermarket on food items. There's gonna be a ranking score, that's their goal at least. But it's kinda of cut off, but you can see in green to be encouraged. Your kids should eat it, you should eat it, eat it in abundance. Yellow should be in moderation, red should be minimized. Let's look at the green real quick. We see Honey Nut Cheerios, unsweetened almond milk, non-fat frozen yogurt. If we go to the yellow, we'll see Lucky Charms, but if we go down to the red, they're essentially saying ground beef and then eggs are below that, again, eggs here, are less healthy, more inflammatory than Lucky Charms. They're saying you should actually eat Lucky Charms in moderation, but limit red meat. So here's what I say. When we think about nutrition, and I talked about there being an abundance of conflicting information, the best advice that I could ever give all of you right now is to pay attention to what the government is telling you to eat. Pay close attention to nutrition guidelines, follow it to a T, and do the complete opposite, and you're going to get healthy. Just look at this and do the complete opposite. You know, the theme that Taz mentioned and Julia mentioned is that there's nothing external that you need to heal your body. I believe in God, and you could substitute that word for anything you like, but God built the body to be self-healing. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to grab two fingers like this, cover your right ear like that, Leave it there as I say this. You are a masterpiece because you are a piece of the master. Your body was built to heal itself. Now remove your ear. I said that because I didn't want it to go in one ear and out the other. <laughs> it's very important. You are a masterpiece. You are a piece of the master. You have everything you need. So don't let them confuse you and tell you you need something else because human beings are the only species dumb enough to create their own food uh, and smart enough to create their own food and dumb enough to actually eat it. And that is the truth. A cured patient is a lost customer. If you treat your health casually, you'll end up a casual T. So let's talk about symptoms versus root cause. For example, somebody wakes up and they go out and they have an entire pizza last night, an entire pineapple, two slices of cheesecake, spaghetti and meatballs, 200 prunes, 50 strawberries, a pound of cheese, and some sauerkraut, you know, prebiotics. <laughs> so she wakes up this morning and she has symptoms, obviously. She has acid reflux, gas, she's puffy, she's bloated. What does the typical person do? Make an appointment with their doctor. Hey doc, I need to talk to you. Not, not your doc, not you. You would know the, how to get to the cause. But the average allopathic doctor, and they're explaining their symptoms. Doc, I'm dealing with this symptom, that symptom. And the average doctor's listening, okay. No worries, here's a prescription for an antacid, anti-flatulence, go to Walgreens, go pick this up, you're gonna feel better. But were those symptoms the problem or were those symptoms feedback mechanisms from the innate intelligence showing you you did something to bring the body out of homeostasis? Symptoms are a gift. They're your body's check engine light. 
thank God we have this, this system in place. If, that, if this doctor would have just asked the question, you would have asked the question, what did you eat? Oh, you ate all that food. Don't do that again. You won't have those symptoms. The body was giving itself symptoms to give you clues that you should not do that again. The illiterate of the 21st century are not those who cannot read and write, but those who cannot learn, unlearn, and then relearn. A lot of what we've been taught, I know you've been in the conventional space, we got to unlearn that and relearn what actually is the truth. So I'm going to uncover three things that I believe is causing massive amounts of cellular inflammation leading to disease symptoms and all the things we see out there. Number one, excessive glucose and insulin spikes. Let's talk about that. Here's the untold truth about insulin resistance and diabetes. Let's ask the question, how much sugar does the body want to hold and, and still function at an optimal state? Well, in the bloodstream, one teaspoon in the entire bloodstream is considered an optimal state. So for example, how many of you test like your blood sugar, CGM or Keto Mojo, any of you? Okay, a few of you. So let's say you tested your blood glucose in a fasted state and it's 80 milligrams per deciliters. That's one teaspoon, that is an optimal state. Of course, when you eat, it'll elevate and fluctuate but the liver and the muscle cells could store extra sugar reserves, your glycogen stores. So the liver on average, about 25 to 30 teaspoons, and then the muscle, depending on how much muscle you have, you're, you're very fit, you probably have more sugar reserves, 100 teaspoons. So let's think about what the average person's eating and how much sugar is in that food. Jamba juice, <laughs> 20 <laughs> teaspoons of sugar, 99 grams in an uh, acai bowl, <laughs> acai, yeah, from Brazil, right? <laughs> That was, I used to love my acai bowls, but not anymore. Lucky Charms, they told us to eat that over red meat, right? Two servings is 12 teaspoons. Oatmeal, and that's loaded with glyphosate. 10.4 uh, teaspoons in two servings. Orange juice, 10.4 servings in, in uh, 16 ounces. So what is happening here? How many of you know Dr. Jason Fung? Anybody know Dr. Fung? Wow, I'm surprised. Okay, some of you do. Yeah, for me. <laughs> Well, he's a, he's a living legend, um, but anyways, this is his analogy, so I wanted to give him credit. What would happen if I put headphones on, like you see here, and I grab Spotify, and I listen to the greatest rock band in the world, The Killers, if you're not a fan of The Killers, yeah, the best, yeah. yeah, yeah, me too, I was just, I just saw them this week. Um, but I listen to music at 50% volume, nonstop. I don't take a break. I go to sleep with the headphones on. It's weeks in, just nonstop music. After about a month, that music is going to sound a little bit like the volume is decreasing. So I bump up the volume. I go to 70% to get the same effect, right? After a month, I'm losing hearing again. So I go to 80%, 90%, 100%. What's happening? I'm going deaf, right, to the screams of the music. It's nonstop, nonstop, so my, I'm losing hearing. So what is happening when the average person is eating high carbs and eating frequently? It's the same thing. The beta cells, which produces insulin, is the music. It's shouting all day long because the average person is eating all day long high carbohydrates. And then the receptor sites, which are the receptor sites to insulin, they're becoming deaf to the scream. So you need to produce more insulin. And what happens after that if you don't take care of it? Type 2 diabetes. And it's actually pretty rare to die from type 2 diabetes. It's all the other diseases connected to it. The amputations, the kidney failures, et cetera. So what's the solution if we know the cause? Dial down the music. 
intermittent fasting and keto. But please, when I talk about keto, it is a very non-dogmatic way. It's more of a metabolic process than a diet, although it says diet there. But these are two powerful ways to dial down the music. And I'm gonna share with you some really incredible studies on a keto diet, but what it did to reverse type two diabetes. So you can see here that at the six month mark, low carb diets compared to control diets achieved 57% remission, higher remission in patients with diabetes. One year trials show that lowering of that A1C, the three month average of your blood glucose was under 6.5% between 42 and 69% of the participants. Pretty, pretty good results. Two-year data shows that low-carb diets showed a 53% reversal in type 2 diabetes, 17% in remission, meaning no medication. That's with lifestyle changes. Now let's look at a list of drug trials that show similar effectiveness. None, nothing out there. And you wonder why things like intermittent fasting and keto get such a bad rap from mainstream media because you can't put it into a pill. There's not any drug on the planet that comes close to achieving those results. And here's the truth about keto. Babies are born into this world and they're actually in a state of ketosis, at least babies that are breastfed. And you might be thinking, how is that possible and why? And those are two good questions to ask. Well, breast milk has saturated fat and cholesterol. Then the argument is, but there's also sugar and glucose. How could that baby be in ketosis? The baby is so efficient at using that glucose that it naturally goes in and out of ketosis. Why is the question? It helps the neurological development of that baby's brain. The brain is mostly fat. It loves fat. We're naturally born into this world as a fat burner. And there's nothing new about keto. It's been around for as long as humans have existed, as I mentioned. It is a survival mechanism. It's a metabolic state. Every single one of our ancestors did keto. As a matter of fact, I would make the case that we wouldn't exist if it wasn't for this process of ketosis because when our ancestors didn't have food available, they had to do what? Burn body fat and that body fat produced ketones. Well, the liver produced ketones for the brain so it helped them stay alert and focus. And this quote, I'm just gonna read the last sentence. In some ways, the modern diet could be considered keto deficient. Let's talk about that. This study came out in 2018 showing a 10 year study over 8,000 people from the University of uh, North Carolina, Chapel Hill. They looked at blood pressure, different metrics to assess how healthy or how unhealthy is the American adult population. And they came to the conclusion that only 12% of American adults are metabolically healthy. In other words, 88% of American adults are unhealthy. This was before COVID. Let me ask you the question. Do you think it got better or worse after COVID? Worse. Way worse, right? So I would estimate 92, 95%. I'm gonna rewrite this and say, 88% of American adults are in a keto deficiency. They could really use this process. Not forever. I don't teach long-term keto. I teach going in and out. That's the premise behind Keto Flex. But let's talk a little bit about why keto is not a fad diet. The real fad diet is the standard American diet. The most important thing to, to, to consider is this. And I have a free gift for you all too. This is for keto or not. The number one, I think, most inflammatory food up there with glyphosate is what I'm gonna share with you here. I interviewed Dr. Kate Shanahan. I've shared the stage with her before. If you're not familiar with Dr. Kate Shanahan, medical doctor, she was Kobe Bryant's nutritionist uh, when he used to play for the Lakers. And we talked about disease and inflammation. And I asked her, hey, Dr. Kate, Three scenarios, Dr. K, which one is gonna create disease faster? Number one, somebody who smokes cigarettes every day. Number two, somebody who eats processed sugar every day. 
Or number three, somebody who eats vegetable oils every day. What did she say? Y'all are, are smart because you're here. You're at Julia's <laughs> event. Well, here's her explanation. She, she laughed, first of all. She giggled and she said, Ben, that's an easy question. Um, it's the vegetable oils, but here's the explanation. She said, smoking is not good for you, obviously. But when you finish the last puff, it's not really accumulating in your fat cells and creating like long-term systemic inflammation. Yeah, the damage was caused, but it's not more chronic after the last puff. Sugar is not good for you, especially, I just made the case, especially in, in excess, but you could do fasting, keto, you could exercise, you could burn off excess glucose. You take a big glucose hit, eat a piece of cake, maybe three hours later that sugar's back down to normal levels. With vegetable oils, how many of you know the half-life? Meaning if you remove them today, Half of them will remain in your body fat. How much later? How, what do you think yeah. it is? What? Thirty, not thirty years. That's a very long time. That's but two years, approximately six hundred and eighty days. They're called polyunsaturated fatty acids. They're highly inflammatory, and guess what? They're everywhere. They're at Whole Foods supermarket. They're at the fanciest restaurants in the world. And I'm going to give you a gift and an idea here in a second. But let me give you a list of them. This could be a good uh, screenshot for you to take. They're called polyunsaturated fats. So the chemical structure means poly. That means it has many double bonds. So it attracts oxygen and it oxidates. So if I bit into an apple and left that here on the counter and came back three hours later, it turns into rust kind of. It browns, oxidation. This is similar to what these oils are doing. And we want to swap them for monounsaturated fats. So monounsaturated fats are going to be much better. Make sure they're not cut. So the olive oil, avocado oil, butter, ghee, duck fat, lard, coconut oil, and beef tallow are going to be better. But here's the gift for you all. Why is fish oil in yeah. that? Ah, yeah, that's a, that's a rabbit hole. Um, fish oil is also very unstable. Um, so I like, I love the idea of eating the fish. I'm not talking about that, but when you, okay, extract, it. When you extract it, it becomes very unstable. But natural in the fish. Oh no, eating the fish is fine. Vegetables, vegetable oil is great in the vegetable. Fish oil is great in the fish. It's the extraction, right? What about omega-3 oil? Uh, who said that? Uh, omega, like fish oil. Yeah, I'm not a fan of it. I'm not a fan of it. Well, it's estimated that 83% of, uh, of fish oil is rancid on the shelf before you consume it. But let's say it's the best brand in the world. When it mixes with your warm body temperature, it turns a healthy, stable fat rancid. So it's much better to get it. And when it mixes with your stomach acid, it's just not going to be effective. So you eat fish once a week. Your body actually could produce its own EPA and DHA, which is why people take fish oil. The average adult requires only 7.2 milligrams of EPA and DHA every day. The average capsule of fish oil is 1,000 milligrams. It's a super physiological overdose, and it's creating a lot more problems. Big Pharma has control over the fish oil industry. It's a multi-billion dollar industry. So I'm not a big fan of it. It's very unstable. Olive oil is great. Yeah. Uh, here's the gift. Julia's going to kick me out if you keep asking questions and kick me off stage. I have a lot more to share. Um, here's the gift. When I go to restaurants, my fiance rolls her eyes at me because I always ask the server, what oil do you cook with? And they're going to say, it's a vegetable oil. So what do I say? We're allergic to vegetable oil. Not that I prefer, but we're allergic. And they pay attention. But I developed this seed oil card. But you could scan it, but I actually brought you all a physical printout because I wanted to give you a gift. So what you can do is take one. I need to keep one for myself. 
take one and then pass it around, and you could Thank see you, you could use that at the restaurants. Okay, You're, that is your gift. There is a list, I think uh, seedscout.com or something like that has it, but some restaurants, most restaurants are going to have it, so I just show the card. Yep. Can you scroll up so we can get I don't think I can. Yeah, if you go to seedoilcard.com. If you go to seedoilcard.com, it goes to the same website. Yeah. How much time do I have? I'm already 30 minutes in? Okay. It's okay. Seedoilcard.com. All right. Let's get into this real quick. I got 10 minutes to get through these, these really important slides. Uh, oh, it's cut off, but it says, transform your health with intermittent fasting. How many of you know the longest, the Guinness World Record for the longest recorded water fast? Just water. 33 days. 33 days? No, four days. They, they had water. It's, oh, yeah, water fast means with like water. Huh? 80 days, you say? Okay. Yeah. No, it was like I wrote about this guy in my book, Angus Barbary, 450 pounds. He had water, a multivitamin, some nutritional yeast, coffee, tea, no broth. Medically supervised, no meals. But I would argue this, he didn't eat food but he was eating from his body fat. He was, he was obese. That's what stored energy is, right? So I give that extreme example not to go tell you to do 382 days, but to let you know it's okay to you know, skip a meal now and there because you're going to get it from your body fat. But my favorite... Oh, no, he would have died. Yeah, if he was you know, like my weight, there's no way I can do that. Yeah, so my favorite benefit is, is autophagy. How many of you have heard of autophagy, right? And Julia mentioned spermidine. There's things you can do, synolytics, to activate it, but... That's the like, scientific definition. I'm going to give you a better definition. When you open up your refrigerator, you have groceries, right? You have expiration dates on every grocery. What would happen just if you let every grocery in your fridge expire and you don't throw out the junk, you just let it sit there? It's going to be disgusting. Uh, it's going to be a toxic environment, right? Mold, bacteria will manifest there. But your body is very similar. You have cells. You have trillions of cells that all have expiration dates. You have mitochondria. You have proteins. You have what's called these senescent cells that all have expiration dates. And if you don't take the time to throw out the trash, meaning get through this autophagy process, disease can manifest. That's why Dr. Thomas Seafried, world-renowned um, cancer researcher, said if you completed a seven-day fast once a year, you would reduce your risk of cancer by 95% with other lifestyle changes because of the power of autophagy. Taz really touched upon the gut part, so I think I could kind of flow through these because I have other things to cover, but all disease begins in that leaky gut. Harvard is finally starting to uh, understand that. And I do think fasting is one of the best ways to fix a, a leaky gut or to fix a broken gut because the name of the game is diversity, right? Diversity is, is king, queen, and everything in between. You want more microbial diversity, and there's different ways to do that. You just learned that from Taz. But fasting is a powerful way to stress the gut and create that diversity. People think fasting is too stressful for the body, and they're right, and then people say fasting is perfect for the body, and they're right too. But stress is only bad when your body is not adapting to it. Stress is very important and vital when you adapt to it. So the people who say you should never fast because it's too stressful, that's the same thing as saying you should never exercise because it's too stressful. It's the dose. It's the, ma the magic. In it. 
It's a eustress, exactly. So it's called, the process is called hormesis. Yeah, elevated. You were doing too much fasting, huh? Yeah. I'm going to go through a protocol for women because you're right. Women need to do it differently than men, and cycling women should do it differently than postmenopausal women. So I've taken thousands of students through different protocols, and I'm going to outline a, for, uh, a different approach for women versus men in the slides coming up. So you're right. Thank you. It's super important. So, so important, yeah. yeah. Uh, how much time? How much time do I have? By the way, do, it'll let me know if I should skip through some no, slides or not. You have 15 minutes. Okay, thank you. You're so sweet. Yeah. <laughs> so let me let me just explain why I think fasting is so great for the gut. Taz built upon this. When we eat a meal, it takes a lot of energy, right? Think about the last time we had like Thanksgiving dinner or, or whatever celebration we feasted. Was your first thought? I'm going to go get some work done. I'm so focused. No. Hell no, right? It's like, where's the couch? Let's put on the game. I'm going to be a couch potato. It takes a lot of energy, blood flow, resources to digest a meal. It really does. So it zaps your energy. So when you fast, think about this. It's energy diversion. You have all of the resources that would have been used for digestion. Now it's being used for healing. The gut finally takes a break. We don't allow our gut digestive system to take a break because we're eating so frequently. So here's the analogy. I'm going to name this lady um, Sandra. Is there anybody named Sandra in here? Okay, cool. Sandra works at a corporate job, and she works 9 to 5. She drives to her job. She puts in eight hours of work at her 9 to 5 corporate job. It's 5 p.m. now. She's exhausted. She's walking to her car. It's like, oh, I'm ready to just go home and relax. She's about to get into her car, and her phone rings. It's her boss. And she's like, damn, I know what he wants. So she picks up the phone, and her boss says, Sandra, I know you just worked eight hours, but we just got this new project that just came in. I need you to get to work on it. Could you please come back to the office for another five hours? So Sandra's like, damn it. It's a freaking corporate job. She goes back to her office. She puts in another five hours of work. It's 10 PM at night. She's so exhausted. She's now going to her car, like barely getting to her vehicle. And her boss calls her again, Sandra. I know you just put in a double shift, but I need you to come back in for an important project. Now, what's, what's going to happen to her if this continues for days? She's going to crash. She's going to be destroyed. This is the same exact thing that's happening to our digestive system when we're eating every two to three hours. We're not designed to graze every two to three hours. It's like Sandra never taking a break. So fasting gives Sandra two weeks off. Hey, Sandra, go uh, to the Bahamas. Go to South Beach. Go rest. Recover. And then the body does the same thing with the digestive uh, system. So there's some really interesting studies on fasting in terms of what it does for the gut. This, was, this one is showing that alternate day fasting helped to clear salmonella-infected mice. This one showed it created more um, mitochondria, so more brown fat in cell metabolism. And then this one, oh, there's one that wasn't there, but another one showed that it created um, uh, more diversity in the gut. But what, what happens, because the gut and the brain is connected. Taz just said that. Whatever happens here happens there, vice versa. So when you fast, there is a part of the brain that produces BDNF. I see you shaking your head. Brain-derived neurotropic factor. This is like miracle growth for the brain. This is why you feel so good when you fast. Who, who does intermittent fasting, by the way? Do you notice that you feel really good in a fasted state? Yeah, part of this is BDNF. This study showed that uh, intermittent fasting increased production of BDNF, which increases the resistance of neurons uh, in the brain in dysfunction and degeneration in animal models of neurodegenerative disorders. BDNF signaling may also mediate beneficial effects of intermittent fasting on glucose regulation and cardiovascular function. When your body is in a fasted state, 
all 70 trillion cells in your body, they're hardwired for the old school. Meaning, 16 hours into a fast, 20 hours into the fast, the innate intelligence starts to go into this, whoa, we're going through a famine. It does not know that I could go on my phone and go on Uber Eats and then click a few <laughs> buttons and then 45 minutes I have somebody knocking on my door with, my, with food. It doesn't understand that. Innate intelligence is hardwired for the old school. So it thinks you're going through a famine. So what does it do? It raises counter-regulatory hormones. Insulin drops, these hormones run counter to it. So it floods the body full of BDNF, human growth hormone, glucagon, some cortisol as well. This is the body's way, the innate intelligence's way of pumping you full of energy and resources so you go out there and hunt and kill. Obviously, we're not going to do that. We're going to use it just to feel good. That's why we feel so good during a fast. I've noticed a lot of people have issues with caffeine, especially caffeine in coffee. Now, don't get me wrong. I love myself a cup of quality coffee, but the truth is I've seen so many of my Keto Camp Academy students have a glucose spike from caffeine, knocking them out of fasting or creating some digestive issues, bloating, and most commonly, jitters and irritability. We know excessive caffeine and caffeine sensitivity can cause adrenal problems, which has a lot of negative effects. It makes you more dependent on the caffeine and it puts you in this sympathetic fight or flight state. And for a lot of people that is problematic. Everyday dose solves the problem of regular coffee while drastically building on its benefits with added supplements. What I love about Everyday Dose, it's low acidity, cold extracted coffee, and a microdose of caffeine blended with collagen protein, functional mushrooms, and nootropics, which will improve your focus, your energy, and your immunity. I just feel different in a really good way when I have Everyday Dose versus regular coffee, and I want you to experience the same. So if you want to check out Everyday Dose, head over to everydaydose.com ben and use the coupon code KETOCAMP. You're going to get an extra five on the go dose travel pack to take with you anywhere you go. I take these travel packs with me and it is a game changer because when I'm traveling, it's hard to find, first of all, a clean cup of coffee, but almost impossible to find coffee with these functional ingredients. So head over to everydaydose.com slash ketocamp. Use ketocamp to get your bonus gift or click the link in the podcast notes down below. And blood flow is increased because you're not using it for digestion. Now, fasting is great, but it's like a chainsaw, right? A chainsaw could be great if you know how to use it. Chainsaw could hurt you if you don't know how to use it. Fasting is the same way. So let's talk real quick about why fat, keto and fasting is different for women versus men. This was your question, uh, your question. And um, then I'm going to finish it off with my favorite supplement. When we think about cycling women, menstruating women, and I realize that I'm a guy talking about menstruating women. <laughs> However, I've, I've worked with thousands of them and I've looked at Dutch tests and I work closely with Dr. Mindy Pals. Anybody familiar with her? She's my colleague. Yeah, so uh, we, do, we collaborate together. Anyway, so we look at a 28-day pattern and I understand that some women have 21, some are 31, but I'm going to give a 28-day for example. There's a few hormones to pay attention to, FSH, um, estrogen, luteinizing hormone, and progesterone. Progesterone is probably the biggest player there. But... The, let me go back for a second. Based off of this and the way that the hormones flow is based off of if we should do keto fasting, pullback, et cetera. So in my book, chapter 12, I, I outlined this, but I'm going to give you the protocol right now. This is for cycling women, not postmenopausal women. Week one, meaning bleed week. Day one is bleed, full bleed. Week one is bleed week. Progesterone is, excuse me, um, 
estrogen is low, testosterone is low, luteinizing hormone and progesterone are low. This is actually the best way, you're more insulin sensitive. This is the best week, I should say, to practice keto and fasting, the bleed week. It's the lowest metabolism. And the lowest metabolism. You're gonna be, you're gonna, and- You don't need so many energy. You're not gonna need, you're not gonna be as hungry to Julia's point. So if you're gonna do like a longer fast, that would be a good week, as long as your sleep is good and all that. Week two, we see estrogen and testosterone increase. So this could be roughly days seven through day 14, that could change. But that's the best week for strength training, increasing protein, and what does testosterone do for us? It gives you confidence, gives you resiliency. So if you're gonna ask for like a raise, if you're gonna speak on stage, like that will be the week to kind of time it with. It's like your superpower, right? Then week three, after ovulation, that's when we wanna limit fasting and you could do a, a sort of low carb keto approach, but the most important week arguably is the, the week before the period. That is the week where we do not wanna do keto. We do not wanna do fasting because we wanna build the hormone progesterone. And that's the hormone that tells you everything's okay. You're gonna be okay. And you actually deplete it with keto and fasting. And I know when I speak at keto conferences, sometimes they don't like to hear that message, but it's the truth. Like Julia wanted me to speak here, not on keto, saying everybody should do keto, but it's a valuable tool. And when you do it the right way, it is so incredible for the hormones. So this is why a lot of women experience, my fiance tells me all the time, experience cravings right before the period. I need chocolate, I need carbs. This is the innate intelligence doing that on purpose so you can make these hormonal conversions. Carbs help make those hormonal conversions. So, that's the protocol in general for the cycling women, and I have it more in detail in my book. But for, yeah, for the postmenopausal women and for men, we follow a similar structure, which is a 5-1-1 rule. Because you have more 24-hour uh, cycling pattern versus cycling women who have 28 days. So the 5-1-1 rule is what we use in my Keto Camp Academy for postmenopausal women and for men. I'm gonna explain that real quick, and then we're gonna wrap it up with my favorite supplement. It's a seven day protocol, five days doing an 18-6 keto approach, meaning 18 hours fasted, six hours eating window, and you're gonna eat keto friendly foods in the six hours. A 24 hour water fast is the first one, so that goes dinner to dinner, lunch to lunch, or breakfast to breakfast. But the other one is a flex day, meaning no fasting, high healthy carbs, over 100 grams of carbs for that day, you're feasting, you're increasing your protein, you're getting yourself out of ketosis. That's the 5-1-1 rule. That works really well for postmenopausal women and for men. But let me say something with the caveat here. If your sleep is not great, if you're stressed out, you have no business doing a 24-hour water fast because that'll be too much stress for your body to adapt to. So fundamentals are the fundamentals for a reason. These are protocols that you build on those fundamentals. So I'm glad you two spoke about that. But the 5-1-1 rule works really, really well. This is arguably the most important thing that I'm gonna share with you today. The last you cause. You mentioned what to eat when you break your fast. Yeah, good, I like the question. Yeah. So what do you eat when you break a fast? Yeah. The best thing to do, well, let's talk about the worst thing to do. The worst way to break a fast is with a high fat, high carb meal. Mm -hmm. We don't wanna do that. And especially the longer you fast, let's say you go three days or longer, you really wanna be more strategic and go low and slow with how you break that fast. So on my YouTube channel, uh, Keto Camp, Camp with the K on YouTube, I have a video on how to break a block fast, which is a three day or longer, but a regular, you know, 20 hour, 24 hour fast, protein and fat is a great way. So bone broth, 
a protein, a high quality protein shake, even some eggs and some steamed um, veggies would be a good way to do it. So protein and fat and some fiber. Lack of purpose, I think, is the number one driver of inf inflammation. And I believe it's the number one driver of obesity and all the diseases out there. Uh, you, you both talked about it. And it's the most important thing. Here's one of my all-time favorite quotes. I hope you took a photo of it. And I memorized it. That's how much I love it. In the absence of clearly defined goals, we become strangely loyal to performing daily trivia until ultimately we become enslaved by it. How good is that? It's horrible. It's what? It's horrible. It's horrible, but it's true. When I was not defining my goals, I was obese. You don't know my story. I used to be obese. I was suicidal. I was addicted to video games and drugs. And then I got clear on my goals. And I turned that addiction, I have a different viewpoint on addiction, I turned that addiction into a superpower because I got clear, clear on my goals. That was 15 years ago. So I think it's so important to define those goals, to determine what's important to you, your purpose, and to live on purpose with that purpose because Neville Goddard said we are only limited by weakness of attention and poverty of imagination. When we think about that, poverty of imagination, it's what's happening in the subconscious mind. That's what runs the show. Your environment determines your thoughts. Your thoughts determine your actions, and your actions determine your results. So it starts with your environment. So when we think about our environment, mainstream media, social media, friends, family, coworkers, we gotta be really aware of what's around us, and if we don't like it, we live in America, we can make a decision to cut people out of our lives and to make a, a different choice. The last thing I'll leave you with is the most important supplement that will help with fat loss, It'll help with brain fog. It'll help with autoimmune disease. I've seen it help with diabetes. I've seen it help with sleep. As a matter of fact, how many of you know Dr. Joe Dispenza? <laughs> Dr. Joe, he did brain scans on individuals taking this supplement called vitamin G, and he saw 1,200 chemicals take place instantaneously. Serotonin, GABA, dopamine, instantaneously that put the body in a healing anti-inflammatory state. So whenever I talk about this, I have so many people comment on my videos, is it on Amazon, is it at the vitamin shop, where do I get it? It's the practice of gratitude. That's what vitamin G is. You, you can't buy it. And I know it sounds silly, but I'm telling you a great, you talked about this earlier. Gratitude is the greatest biohack, vitamin G is the greatest biohack that you could ever come across. What you appreciate appreciates. And you might think, Ben, you're now, where's the science behind this? Well, you could say that you don't believe in gravity because gravity is a universal law, right? So is vitamin G gratitude. What, you what, what do you feed energy to expand? So you could say, I don't believe in gravity, but you could see this, even if you don't believe in it, it exists. It's the same thing. There's a part of your brain called the reticular activating system. And it's the size of your pinky. It's in your brain stem and it filters out all the noise. There are millions of stimulation every day. And if we didn't have something in the brain to filter it out, we would short circuit. We wouldn't be able to function. So the RAS filters out whatever you have taught it to filter out. Meaning, if you buy a red Tesla and you are so excited about that red Tesla, you're driving home, for weeks what happens? You see that damn same red Tesla everywhere. <laughs> and you're thinking, did everybody buy a red Tesla? The answer is no. It was always there, but now RAS sees it. Meaning, 
If you're focusing on what's not working for you, how much you hate your body, how much you hate this world, what this person's doing, or whatever stinking, thinking thought, that's all your RAS will see. If your thinking is stinking, your dreams that are shrinking. But if you focus on gratitude, vitamin G, those obstacles now become opportunities. Now the RAS just sees more things to be grateful for, like this beautiful theater, my beautiful fiance, the fact that I get to share the stage here, and I'm so honored that you allowed me to come here. Like, it expands and appreciates. And here's the last 60-second video, and then we are going to wrap this up. Will this, will this play? Here's, here is proof that it extends lifespan. How do you think you've lived to be 97? Like, how do you think you made it this many years? I don't know. I don't know. Because I'm naughty. I eat sugar. I eat butter. I eat things that I should not eat, and I have all my life. Well, what do you think is the secret? You know, people ask me and I tell them that you um, you pray a lot, you have faith. I do have faith, yes. I, and I really spend, like, I, I cannot end my day without being grateful. I never take anything for granted. So that's, that's probably the secret. That's how you've lived to be 97. I don't because know. you never end your your day without being grateful. I don't know. I really don't. I you have a lot of gratitude in your heart. Yes. Th thank you all so much for your energy. I'm grateful for you all. Vitamin G for you all. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed my lecture from the Faena. I had a lot of fun. It was intimate. It was fun. You now understand that metabolic flexibility is the key to longevity. Go out there and become metabolically flexible. If you want to watch the video version of the entire lecture video format. We recorded that. It's on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash ketocamp for that. Go get registered for my upcoming free detox masterclass where I reveal the secrets to real detox over at toxinsmasterclass.com or click the link in the podcast notes down below. Share this episode with a friend. Leave the show a rating and review. Have an amazing rest of your day. I'll see you on the next episode. This podcast is for information purposes only. Statements and views expressed on this podcast are not medical advice. This podcast, including Benazadi, disclaim responsibility from any possible adverse effects from the use of information contained herein. Opinions of guests are their own. And this podcast does not accept responsibility of statements made by guests. This podcast does not make any representations or warranties about guest qualifications or credibility. Individuals on this podcast may have a direct or non-direct interest in products or services referred to herein. If you think you have a medical problem, consult a licensed physician.